I don't know what I did. Mm, that's probably not good. <gasps> Why am I recording on the bottom? Oh my gosh. You're on the bottom and I'm on the top? What the heck? What is this? All right, guys. Hi. I'm Maddie and Maria's oh, here. Why is this you, the new did show? Did you start it? I don't think you've ever started the recording before. I started it last time, actually, too. <laughs> But I thought that I would take charge on this one because I am offended that my name comes second now after today. All of a sudden, she's like, wait, <laughs> why is my new?" So we got our new microphones set up. And I'm like, OK, I'm microphone A, which I'm on the left side. And I put her in microphone B because she's on the right side. And to me, that just makes sense. Right? I said, fine. It's just the Marie show. Of course, then the <laughs> I'm second. My name comes second in the intro, too. Because then the chords aren't crossing. And she's like, she's like well, wait a second, why am I in the second slot? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, wait a second, why is your name first? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's because you never start shit. So we'd be sitting around waiting forever for you to be like, hi, guys, I'm Maddie. I will throw my tiger at you. <laughs> she is on my lap. I will throw her. I will use her as a weapon. <laughs> she will claw your eyes out. The cat would never. The cat loves me more. And she would never do that to me. But we have... Our own microphones now, and thank God my face isn't right up next to Maddie's face because I'm pretty sure she didn't brush her teeth today. I have not brushed my <laughs> teeth today. Ew, really? <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> That's it's so only gross. eleven. It's not gone ready. It's eleven o'clock, and not only is it eleven o'clock, but Maddie has actually left the house today, and she has not brushed her teeth. We went to Starbucks in our pajamas and our slippers. I. I'm not in pajamas, actually. I'm in normal clothes. I did go in my slippers, though. And but you showered. I have not done anything today. Yes, I have not gone I ready. shower every day. I do not. <laughs> Gross. I wash my hair, like, every five days. I'm like, I don't even know. I think today I need to wash my hair, but I can't remember the last time I washed my this hair. This morning, Maddie was like, Mom, when was the last time I, I washed my hair? And I was like, believe it or not, Madison, I do not keep a journal of Maddie's disgusting habits. Where I document every gross thing that you don't do. I mean, hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome. It is, I don't know what day of the week it is, Friday? It's Friday. So today we are bringing you the Jenner Beach Murders, which happened in August of 2004. And this was a listener recommendation from Hannah Hoskins. Hi, Hannah. Or also known as our hiking with Hannah. Or Auntie Hannah. Or Auntie Hannah. <laughs> yeah. This story is about Lindsay Kutchel, who's 22. She's from Fresno, Ohio, which is a very small community. She was raised in a very religious home, and her dad is actually a preacher. And Jason Allen, who's 26, from Zeeland, Michigan which is also a small town, and he was also raised in a very religious household. So the couple met in 2002 when Lindsay was a student at the Appalachian Bible College in West Virginia, and they got engaged six weeks later and were planning to marry in the autumn of 2004. So get tired of people in six weeks. <laughs> the six and the shorter the span of six the weeks. The six-week mark is usually when Maddie's like, uh, No, actually, I'm it's bored. more like the second time I hang out with you. But she'll, like, drag it out to, like, six weeks. Okay. So, Lindsay and Jason were both counselors at the Rock and Water, which is a Christian summer camp in El Dorado County, which is in California. Isn't this the second couple that we've done that has... Oh, my gosh. It's so funny that you say that. On a I was literally going to say... I was going to wait till later, but I was literally going to say this absolutely 100% reminds me of the murder at Thelma Mark Shelter, which we covered... A little while back. So this story and this couple remind me a lot of the other one. Hopefully this one doesn't make me cry. So it's pretty sad. So they were at this camp for, for kids. They were both rafting guides. They enjoyed rock climbing, rafting, camping. They were both very outdoorsy and very adventurous. So they had a little break during their camp, like a weekend, like three-day break that they were going to have. And they decided that they were going to go on a road trip along the California coast. 
basically the couple wanted to go to San Francisco and they wanted to see some of the coast. But they also had no itinerary set. So nobody knew exactly what their plan was. And that's kind of, they, they wanted to just like play it by ear, like go on this road trip, like have fun. That's which what I would do. We have actually done that. We went to San Francisco on a road trip. Had no idea what we were going to do. Yeah, we, we just went, showed up there. We had a hotel, showed up there. Yep. And we went to Alcatraz and we went to the wharf. We went to all. Which, by the way, getting tickets for Alcatraz is a pain in the ass. Really cool, but a pain in the ass. It was to get well, because they sell out way far in advance. So we had to get in the early morning line in order to get tickets. But super, super fun road trip. So the couple told their friends that they would be back by 5 p.m. on the 15th. Because camp re- would resume on the 16th. When they re- didn't return by Monday morning, a missing persons report was filed. Both sets of parents flew to California because this was very unlikely for them to not show up, to dodge their responsibilities. Yeah, to not go back to the summer camp that they work at. Right, but nobody knew where to even really look for them at this point either. Okay, so on Monday... August 16, Lindsay's mom, Kathy, had just returned from mailing Lindsay and Jason's wedding invitations when she received a call from the camp saying that Jason and Lindsay were missing. No. She said that her heart broke and she immediately knew that something was wrong. Her and her husband flew out on Tuesday and Jason's parents flew out on Wednesday. So this is immediately a huge, huge red flag to everyone in their family. Yeah. So Kathy, which is Lindsay's mom, she calls a friend of Lindsay's who works at her bank. And they were able to track them to San Francisco where they had bought a miniature bottle of Tabasco sauce at Fisherman's Wharf on Saturday. So that would be the 14th. There was also a transaction for gasoline on Highway 116 in Gernsville. So we have kind of a direction that we know that they're headed at this point. So on Wednesday, August 18, the Sheriff's Department was notified of a man stranded on a cliff above Fishhead Beach. They dispatched a helicopter who spotted two people in sleeping bags on the beach. When returning, they saw the bags and the people hadn't moved, so it actually landed only to discover that the people in the sleeping bags were dead. It was Lindsay and Jason. They were in sleep clothes and had both been shot in the head. Fuck. So stressful. On Thursday, August 19th, the county sheriff went to deliver the news to the parents of Lindsay and Jason. And they'd been staying with the director of the camp that Jason and Lindsay were working for. Yeah, so the fathers met them outside and they were given the news first before delivering the news to their moms. Yeah, I think one of them said something like they knew it wasn't good and they felt like they should take the brunt of it first before delivering it to the moms. So... Murder-suicide was ruled out very quickly. They also confirmed that none of their belongings, including their Bibles, had been taken. Their car was also not taken. Neither of them had been sexually assaulted. Both had been shot only once, and there were no signs of a struggle. So Lindsay's car, like we said, wasn't stolen. It was actually parked in a turnout above the beach. There was a wooden hutch there with a visitor logbook. And... Both Lindsay and Jason signed this logbook. You want to read Lindsay's? The sun is going down in the horizon. All I see is beams shining off the cliff face. And I know that God is awesome. I look around and I see his creations all around me. Lindsay from Ohio. And then Jason wrote, As I stir this mac and cheese, I think to myself, what a wonderful life. I've just spent two awesome days with my fiancé, Lindsay. Can life ever be so perfect? Only with a person who is so great. God gives us this privilege in life, and he has given me a wonderful woman to enjoy. Jason from Michigan. August 14, 04. Pictures on their camera 
showed that they had visited the Golden State Bridge and Alcatraz. But a manager at River's End said that a couple had come in inquiring about renting a cabin or a room, but he didn't have any available. But he was not able to positively identify them from the photo. So what brought the couple to Jenner Beach is still unknown. Camping on the beach is technically illegal, but a local may have recommended it. A lot of people do sleep on the beach. There's a huge transient population in this area. It's not like a nice, sandy, beautiful beach like you are probably imagining in your mind. It's a little rocky. The terrain's a little rougher. It's a little more rural than, I mean, obviously, they weren't discovered for days and only then by a helicopter, right? Jenner Beach is a state park, and technically it was Fishhead Beach that they were sleeping on, which was... I think just north of Jenner Beach. Okay. So it was between Russian Gulch and the mouth of the Russian River, the spot where they were. It is also close to State Route 1, which runs alongside the beach, and drifters and hitchhikers were known to frequent this area. So initially it was thought that maybe a drifter had killed the couple and then left the area. They dug in the sand at least 18 inches and about 100 square feet of the beach, and they found nothing. They were looking for evidence, something, whatever might be in the sand around them. Shell casings, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it had been windy, and any footprints that were there on the beach were long gone. Not surprising to me. Not surprising at all, yeah. They asked the public for any information about a car with a quirky back window decal spotted in the area. What's a quirky back window decal? What does it mean by quirky? Quirky like a weird, like something unusual. I'm just so quirky. Look at my back window decal. (laughs) I wonder, uh, I'm guessing that the person, the witness, couldn't identify what was actually in the window, like what the decal actually was. And so that's why they called it a quirky back window decal instead of... There's no color associated with it. There's no picture associated with it. It's a very interesting way to phrase Why it. Why are we unless... looking for this car with the... Because a witness had seen it in the area. Oh, okay. Thermal imaging and night vision was used to scan the coastline for possible hideouts or encampments. Yeah, so basically making sure that there's not a cave nearby or people like homeless or transient people were known in the area to build like kind of like shelters out of driftwood in the sand where it would be hard to tell what it was without having thermal imaging to determine if there was somebody actually in any of these structures or hiding along the driftwood or living in there. Because you can, where driftwood piles up, you could dig underneath and make yourself a little hidey hole pretty easily. Oh, and they brought in specialists to develop a behavior profile. So they brought in profilers. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a specialist. I don't know what kind of profile. I don't think they're bringing in the FBI or anything, but they brought in specialists. The behavioral analysis unit. Okay. At Quantico, Virginia. Stop. According to the Sonoma County Coroner's Office, either late in the night of the 14th or early in the morning of the 15th is when the two were most likely killed. They were tucked into their sleeping bags. Both were shot once in the head, and they were killed with a 45 caliber Marlin model 1894 rifle, which is kind of a rare gun. Police decided not to release this information to the press, though. This will be another one of those cases where, at the end, I want more information, and I can't have it. Shell casings were not found at the scene, suggesting that the killer had retrieved them. Which, with this type of gun, would not be hard to do. It's not like a revolver or a handgun where the shells kind of jump and spray in different directions. Like, they would have landed relatively close to where the killer was shooting from. Okay, so most likely the killer picked up his shell casings. Yep, because they did not find them at the scene. Okay. Also, DNA was found at the scene. Although it was hard to determine... If what had been left there was left by the killer or was just trash left by beachgoers. So even with all of that information, even with everything that they have, no leads came from any of it. Not even one. Nothing. Not even one. This is quite a bit. This is more than most cases have. 
remember, they're not releasing all of this to the press. Like, they did go door to door. They did confiscate a bunch of guns that would use the same type of bullet. Ballistics didn't match on any of them. But they have not really released anything to the public at this point. Okay, which is pretty common. Usually they don't release a lot. But it's kind of weird that they which, haven't uh, released, like, anything. Exactly. Until, you guys, two years. Two years goes by. In May of 2006, Sonoma County Sheriff's detectives released evidence, founded the crime scene in hopes of generating leads. Do you know what happened here? They got nothing for so long that finally they're like, oh, maybe somebody actually would have information. I bet you a new officer took over the cold case. So I feel like this happens for two reasons. One, like Maddie suggested, a new sheriff comes in and is like, we need to do something different. Yeah, new sheriff, new detective, new officers. Right. Or two, new prosecutor. Yeah. Or two, it just sits for so long that they're like, well, we have nothing to lose. We might as well get some of this information out and see if we can generate a lead. In case anybody's wondering, I definitely think two years is too long to wait. I 100% I would say let's maybe wait at max like six months. Well, At maximum six months. Well, here's the thing. We are looking at a very transient area. Right. So by not releasing the information of what is found in this area, you are potentially losing your witnesses daily. No, literally, they're probably gone. I bet you someone saw him on the beach. Someone who was just there. Well, and two years later, who is going to remember that? I don't even remember. Two years ago, I was 17. Well, my age is irrelevant two years ago, but I definitely could not tell you what I saw on a particular day two years. Okay, think about this. Think about if you found out today that when we were in San Francisco, a murder happened on the beach the day that we were there. We never went to a beach. On the wharf the day that we were there. What do you remember? What as a witness could you give them from that day? Nothing. The only thing I remember from being on the wharf was (laughs) Jordan going into all the Korean groups of the Korean <laughs> and getting her picture taken with them and standing in there <laughs> all tall so, with her peace sign <laughs> we so a couple things happened on the wharf but keep in mind none of these are going to help a detective who's actually looking for something specific no but no no one of one of the children did go into groups of Koreans or the Korean uh, like Korean uh, tourists tour groups, groups where they're like wearing matching t-shirts and they and have the, the flags yeah, and like yeah. they're all like you know the big groups everyone sees them any any time you're in a tourist so area. she would basically just go in the middle of the group while they were taking pictures and like just stand there with the peace sign and smile and, and like nobody even would set off an alarm none of them in the group looked at her like it was even weird like she'd just come and stand in there yep and then the second thing that happened was I dared her to try to catch a pigeon Oh, so the entire time, the entire time she was going after pigeons. Yeah. So that, so, so think about that. Like, and that's all I remember, by the way. Maddie has two specific memories from a day years ago in the same area, but she's not going to remember them years later. Like she's not going to remember actual details of what she saw or what might've happened around us two years later. Like it's too long. It's too long. It's way too long. I don't remember anything. I don't even remember anything. Okay, so they found poems near the crime scene. They found an empty 40-ounce bottle of camel beer. What's camel beer? Camel beer is a beer that originates from Wisconsin and is not normally found in this area. So this is a strange thing to be in this area. Weird. They also found drawings inked onto pieces of driftwood near the site of the killings. Not weird, though, I don't think. No, none of them are really weird for Beach, but all of them were close enough that they thought there might be something to them. There was also a hat found in the turnout near Lindsay's car that is not believed to belong to the couple. Could belong to anybody. Yeah, this is 21 months after the killings. And uh, this one's just this one's just annoying me, kind of. Like, why did you wait so long? I don't know. And you're going to... You're you're going to be more annoyed later. But right now, that to me is too long. Nobody's going to... I mean, that hat. Somebody might have been able to identify that hat or somebody that might have been wearing that hat. Two years ago. Two years ago. Right. They also offered a $50,000 reward for information. Okay. 
I have a large thing that I think is not good with rewards. False leads, you mean? Is a lot of false leads come out of rewards. I mean, I think it's good because it does... But I, the only time, the only time rewards, because most honest people are going to come forward with information they have, but a reward might draw attention to a case, which is one of the reasons they do it. And two, a reward might initiate somebody who maybe isn't the most honest or isn't interested in dealing with the police to come forward still with that tip. So say you have a friend that told you they murdered two people in sleeping bags on a beach. But you're not really friends with that person anymore. And you're like, hmm, $50,000? So I get it. <sighs> if any of my friends kill $50,000, I'm turning in. I'm definitely I have turning trips in. trips to yeah. take. Yeah. <laughs> I could use $50,000. Okay. So the first person that the police looked into was a drifter who had been seen around the area before and after the murders. He was from Wisconsin. The beer. Mm -hmm. So they brought him in and he agreed to do a polygraph test, which he did pass, which we know polygraph Come tests on. means nothing. Come but on. because of this polygraph, he was ruled out. But I'm hoping that it was more than just the polygraph that did rule him out. It has to be because there's no way that that's going to be the only reason they ruled this guy out. But it was in like 2006. I don't know when polygraphs became inadmissible. I don't know either. Inadmissible. Okay. A few days later, a man named Sean Michael Gallen was seen wandering around the beach. He was dressed in camo and carrying a gun. A search of his apartment turned up a five-gallon tub with matchsticks, ammunition, lead pipes for bombs, fuse cords, and clumps of hair and blood. What in the actual book? <laughs> wow. So, uh... That's not sketchy. They also found numerous dead animals throughout the apartment that he had killed. Imagine his neighbors. Imagine you can smell that apartment from next door. Dude. They also found a cut up shark in his refrigerator. What in the hell is this guy doing? They found weapons buried in various areas. However, a Marlin 45 rifle was not one of them. He was arrested on weapons charges. From jail, he actually called his dad and asked him to get rid of all of his guns, which he did. By the way, if a prison, someone from prison calls you, your conversation is recorded and they can hear you. And they can use it against you in a court of law. So maybe... Another suspect was Joseph Henry Burgess. He was wanted in connection to a similar murder scene in 1979. Yeah, you guys, this is crazy. And also my favorite suspect, by the way. On a beach in Tofino, which I believe is how you say it. There were two students killed as they were camping out. Very similar already. Weird. Already similar. Weird. So Tofino Beach is on the west coast of Canada. So still on the west coast. All adds up. I'm seeing a lot of similarities here. He came to the island in 1970. I want to say 1927. Yeah. He came to the island in 1972. He was tall, thin, and on the run trying to avoid the draft. Which a lot of people did. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Every time I hear people avoiding a draft, I think of Shroot Farms. The Battle of Shroot oh, Farms. Oh, yeah, the Battle of Shroot Farms. I can't. Oh, my God. Okay, go. <laughs> Please tell me somebody else understands that. <laughs> okay. So he was well known to the police and had a rap sheet. Already a great person. Avoiding the draft, has a rap sheet. Right. So he was described as a religious freak who didn't believe in premarital sex. Not our words, by the way. He also carried a gun and would quote the Bible and ended all of his conversations with amen. I'm going to start doing that. Mom, I will check you into a psych word. Amen. Word. Amen. <laughs> I'm doing it. So he called himself Job and referred to himself as a prophet from God. Yeah, so Job was a very wealthy man in the Bible. He was always careful to avoid doing evil, and God allowed Satan to torment Job and test him, but he forbade Satan to actually kill him. While at Tofino Beach, he complained about the new couple around. They were young and deeply Christian, but unmarried, and Burgess did not approve of them being together yeah and this was a he didn't approve of them having premarital sex 
situation. Anne Durant and Leif Carlson. Um, so they were found shot to death in their sleeping bags, and they were both shot in the head. Now, does this sound familiar to anyone else? And then a trail of Burgess's belongings were found leading away from the crime, including his Canadian health card, a picture of him flashing the peace sign, and his Bible. He had been on the run since the killings. An international warrant was issued for his arrest, but he was not found. So, in 2004, a police officer saw the news footage on the Jenner Beach murders. Yeah, so he called the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department because he thought that maybe Burgess had headed back to the U.S. in 1977 or after 1977 when Jimmy Carter granted blanket immunity to draft dodgers because they have their crime and all of a sudden there's another killing in California that's very similar. On July 16th, 2009, police responded to a break-in at a cabin. So this was in the remote Jemez Mountains of New Mexico. The police are searching this cabin and a man suddenly appears through an unlocked window. Bad timing. Really bad timing. So they were able to put handcuffs on him, but he was still able to remove a gun from his waistband and shoot the officer. Return fire killed him, and the officer also died. So that escalated fast. He was the cookie bandit, a man who had been breaking into cabins for around 10 years and was known to steal clothes, food, and cookies. Well, and I think he's the cookie bandit because he doesn't really take anything super valuable. He tends to steal things that are more necessary to survival. So I think that's why he received such a benign name. When they ran his prints, they discovered it was 62-year-old drifter Joseph Burgess. So if he made his way from Canada to New Mexico, definitely probably would have went through California. Maybe in 2004. I don't know. So his DNA was tested, but did not match any DNA that was found at the scene. But remember, we don't know if that DNA or those items came from the killer or just happened to already be on the beach. True. Because if the killer's going to shoot them and then pick up his shell casings, I'm guessing he's not going to leave his trash laying about. True. Just my own personal opinion. Well, then I don't know about anybody else, but when I go to beaches, when I go to the beach or whatever, there's always trash. There's always trash behind the logs. Like, there's always trash. There's always some yeah, form we of always trash. leave with extra washed trash. Washed up trash. The sheriff's department, in the meantime, had kept an eye on Gallon. Remember, that's their other suspect, Sean Gallon. And his misbehaviors accumulated over the years. So <laughs> this man, this man, you guys, I cannot, I can't. You guys, we will talk more about him too in a little bit. But some of the things. So I truly think that he is made up. I do not think he's real. Maddie, I think Maddie that this thinks is I'm making all him fake up. in the conspiracy theory. I don't know. I feel like someone like this can't be real, right? But he is. So he also began to match some of the traits that had been sketched out by experts, such as territorial being a self-proclaimed survivalist. He was very active at night. From 2003 to 2017, he had 13 run-ins with police. I don't know about you guys, but I do not have 13 run-ins with the police. Does getting pulled over count? Because I might. (laughs) I think those might count. You might be screwed. I don't want to know how many times your name has come up. about anybody else, but my mother gets pulled over more than anybody i know you need one of those police radars in your car and i literally drive a mom silver suv i'm not even driving like a nice car or like a teenage car or like a drug dealer car like maddie like i am driving an old lady car yeah but you drive a big car and you do speed a lot so maybe that draws more attention i feel like we speed just the same amount. I might even speed more than you, but you get pulled over more than I do. And you're in the drug dealer car. With and the I do windows. have a drug dealer car. Every time I'm in a parking lot or anytime a cop is behind me, they pull up and definitely run my plates every time. Or like, yeah, I hear about it all the time. <laughs> well, they're like, they sit there and I can see them like typing on their computer, staring at my car as I'm pumping gas. And by and the like, way, her car's in my name, not hers. So really they're running plates and they're like, oh, it's this Marie character again. Great. Cool. <laughs> and the worst part is that now I look like you too. So the photo that pops up, they're like, oh, it's Marie. <laughs> or the other day when I went into the Thai place that you guys always go to, the. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
and I was like, I didn't know what name it was under. So I was like, when I went to go pick up the food, I was like, uh, Marie, I have an order for Marie. And he was like, uh, no, what's any other names? I was like, Chris, I'm like guessing names of our family members. Cause I don't know who put the order in. I was just told <laughs> to pick it up. I don't know what name it's under. And then he hands me the food and he goes like, yes. And then asked me the last name, told him the last name, whatever. And then he was like, goodbye, Marie. It's like, <laughs> yep. have a good one. I'm, I'm going to walk away. So either you look old or I look young. I don't and know. then Phoenix thought it was hilarious. And I was like, they thought I was mom in the store. <laughs> she was like, no way. Uh, Which isn't really that crazy when you think about it. But to a five-year-old, that's insane. It's insane, yeah. Okay. So, 13 run-ins. He was arrested repeatedly and was convicted of assault, weapons charges, and theft in this time frame. He was known for walking around with a handmade bow and arrow. <laughs> which he also used to hunt for food. In 2009, he was arrested for shooting a man with an arrow through his convertible car soft top. The man did survive, but he was shot in the head for no reason. He then fled, initiating a 29-hour standoff at the Gallon family home, where police believed he had barricaded himself inside. But he wasn't even there. <laughs> He had fled to a nearby grove and had hid out for five weeks using his survival skills before turning himself in. 30-hour standoff and he wasn't even in the house, you guys. Do you think they're just, like, sitting there with their bullhorn, like, talking to the house, like, please come out, Sean. We, we want to see your homemade weapons. Come show us. I just... He shot a man in the head with a homemade bow He's, and arrow. He was probably a LARPer. Okay. On March 5, 2009... He turned himself in. He was convicted in 2010 and paroled the next year. Oh, don't worry. I'm not a threat. I'm not a threat to the public, to but anybody wait, and myself. Don't worry, guys. He isn't allowed to have guns anymore because that will stop him. Although after his release, he was charged for other small crimes like possession, theft, drunk driving, and hunting without proper paperwork. He's not allowed to have guns, uh. but don't worry. He made his own fucking bow and arrow and shot somebody. And they're just like, ah, don't let him get guns. Yeah. That'll solve it. Jesus. I cannot believe this man is real. He's real, right? Okay. So in 2013, David Gallen. This is Sean's dad. Okay. He saw a flyer asking for the public's help in finding a murder weapon tied to the Fish Head Beach murders. Or the Jenner Beach murders. Either one. He confronted his son, since that one of the weapons that he had asked him to destroy years earlier for his son matched the weapon. Yeah, and sadly, shortly after this, David Gallen actually committed suicide. The death of his father seemed to have a profound effect on Sean, who already seemed to be a little bit unstable. A little bit? Okay. So by 2014, there was one single investigator working on this case. Yeah, so 2014, we are, I mean, we're getting cold at this point, right? We're 10 years past. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that they only have one investigator working on this case because they probably still, this was a really big case. They probably still have tips coming in from time to time. In August 2014, the 10-year anniversary, Lindsay's family held a vigil on the beach where the couple had died, and about 60 family and friends flew in for the event. It was really cool, too. They did all of this, like, sand art that was really pretty. Fast forward to the spring of 2017. So we are, what, 13 years cold now? So in 2017 is when one of our suspects, Sean Gallen, comes a little unglued. So in March of 2017, Gallen shot and killed his younger brother, Seamus. He claimed that it was over a childhood grudge that his brother was holding. So he shot him with an AR-15 assault rifle. So his mother called the police and Sean took off in his van. Police tracked him to a convenience store close by and he was taken into custody without incident. He was booked into Sonoma County Jail on March 25th. Police took this chance to ask Gallen about the Jenner Beach murders. And he claimed that he had nothing to do with them. Yeah, but then in April, he sent a note to detectives saying that he wanted to talk. Following this conversation, on May 1, police searched an area of dense area around Sonoma Beach. However, 
We never hear if anything came from that. On May 5, 2017, a press conference was held suggesting that authorities had solved the crime. They announced that Sean Gallen, who is now 38, was arrested for the murder of his brother. He had shot and killed him at their home that they shared with their mother. And I'm going to play you guys a little bit from this press conference, which because there is an impending trial coming up, not much information is actually given, but let's hear it anyway. I'm pleased to announce today that the Sheriff's Office has made a major breakthrough in the investigation surrounding the murders of Jason Allen and Lindsay Cutshaw that took place in August of 2004 in Jenner. Many of us will never forget when Sonoma County was rocked by the discovery of a young innocent couple found murdered on a secluded beach where they spent the night. Jason and Lindsay were just 26 and 22 years old at the time of their deaths. Jason from Michigan and Lindsay from Ohio were in California working at a Christian youth whitewater rafting camp in El Dorado County and were on a three-day sightseeing trip to the Northern California coast. The Sheriff's Office has identified Sean Gallen, a 38-year-old resident of Forestville, as Jason and Lindsay's killer. Gallen was recently arrested for the murder of his brother in their Forestville home. Gallen is well known to Sheriff's Office investigators, and early on in the Jenner murder investigation, Gallen was a person of interest, and detectives never ruled him out as a possible suspect. Upon Gallen's arrest for the murder of his brother, Sheriff's Office detectives took another opportunity to talk to him about the murders in Jenner. Gallen made statements to the detectives with new information and additional investigative leads into the case. He had information about the killings that no other person could have known, and we have located evidence that cooperates his statement. Based on what detectives have been able to learn, we feel confident that we have Jason and Lindsay's killer in custody. Sheriff's Office detectives are continuing to follow up leads and are working hard to complete this investigation. We will be presenting our report to the District Attorney's Office in the near future. However, we are still encouraging anyone with information about this case or Sean Gallen to contact our detectives. For that reason, we are releasing a photo of Sean Gallen. Okay, so that was the press conference. Basically, they're saying that Gallen had information that only the killer would have and that they found corroborating evidence to support his claims. I would like to know what this evidence is. I want to know what. What does he know? Well, because we never hear about DNA testing being done. We no. never hear about results from anything like that. So I would like to know what evidence he brought forward. And we'll talk about that a little bit here in a bit as well. So they do say that they're confident that they have Lindsay and Jason's killer. Okay. But then he goes on to encourage the public to come forward with any information 13 years later, once they have the killer in custody. So why? They don't think it's him 100%. Well, no, no, I don't think it's that. I think that they are looking for more evidence. Because remember, they've got a trial coming up on this. So my thought is, is that their evidence isn't strong enough to convict him. Exactly. Gallen's attorney said that he was being held in a part of prison for inmates with mental health issues and that he was very distraught over the death of his brother and had probably given information to the police that wasn't true. Gallen also confessed to the attempted murder of John Robles. This one's crazy. Yeah, this is with a package bomb in 2004. Okay, John, who was the attempted murder, again, who the attempted murder was against? The victim. Yes. He was watching cartoons with his two daughters, age two and six. It was John's day off, and his wife was going to take his car to work in order to leave the car seats for him at home, which this is a very common thing. If you have kids, this isn't unusual, taking other cars. Yeah, I, unhooking car seats, pain, especially when they're anchored in, is such a pain. I'd like a two-year-old car seat, that thing's anchored in. Yeah. Terrible to get out. Yeah. Phoenix's car seat, Awful. I literally have, like, a mini, like, Panic mental attack. breakdown while I'm trying to put her car seat in every single time. Yep. Um, after she left, he heard an explosion and heard his wife scream. When he went outside, she was laying face down and covered in blood. 
She did survive the blast, but was left with scars and injuries that still affect her to this day. And she's had multiple surgeries. There was a note on the package that said, Dear friend, I've waited a long time for this. Yeah, his wife had basically reached up to move the package off the top of the car because she was going to drive it. And that's when it exploded. Please, 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 please. If there's a package on top of your car, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't pick up packages like that. Don't pick up plain brown packages off your front porch. Don't pick them up. Just call the police. They'll come check it out for you. When John found out that Gallen was the one that left the bomb on his car, he said that he barely knew him, but had once come to blows at a bar. Like one bar fight once. Yep. And they were like... And it wasn't even a big bar fight either. It was more described as like a scuffle. Like somebody said something and somebody else, one of them came to the other person's defense and then that led to this little in this little bar fight yeah so never once did john suspect that gallon was the one who put the bomb on top of his car he said that he had felt like he walked away from the fight with the upper hand and that gallon had even showed up at his work the next day and the two had agreed to let it go he had even said that he had seen him from time to time over the years and he had been friendly like after the bombing yeah how terrifying is that like, you find out somebody that you have interacted with and thought had zero issue with you. Tried to kill a you. bomb on your car. Over a bar scuffle. Well, and the guy that he shot in the convertible, too. I mean, that seemed to be for something, some small He probably cut too. him off. Yeah. On May 17, Auntie Sarah's birthday, 2018, Sean was officially charged with the murders. He said that he was out driving that night in August of 2004, and he decided to stop at the beach. That's when he saw the couple sleeping and he snapped. He went back to his car, grabbed his gun, and said he was going to kill them out of spite. But out that's of spite of what? Exactly. That's the only information we have. When Lindsay's mom heard the news of who had murdered her daughter, she sent him a Bible in prison. And in- I cannot handle moms and parents of people, of victims, who are like, I forgive you. I'm going to send you a Bible. I'm going to not be... No, mean. I'm going to try to murder your ass while you're being transferred from courtroom to jail. Like, no, you know I, what? You're going to be no, that... You're, I have no forgiveness. You're going to, you're going to be the, the mom that goes to prison? <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. In 2019, Sean Gallen entered a no-contest plea, which, for those of you that know what a no-contest plea is, he's not admitting guilt. He is saying there's enough evidence... That he will be found guilty for going a trial. Which is stupid, may I add. But for this plea, the death penalty was taken off the table. Even if only the murder of his brother is on the table, he could get the death penalty for that. So for him to plead no contest to all of these charges to get the death penalty off the table would probably be worth it for him. Yeah. Because he's going to jail for life regardless. Yeah. That's why I need to know what evidence. I need to know. What he offered up and what they have that actually connects him to the So crime. if you did work this case, and I know you're not, you're probably not supposed to tell us what information this is. It's fine. Just message just us. Just please yeah. message us. We'll keep it on the down low. I promise. It's actually, I just really want to know. It's actually a closed, should be a closed case now. I feel like we should be able to get this information. Can someone please tell us. Somebody tell us. Please. But it's fine. Sean Gallen, death penalty, not a, not an option. But I shot someone in the head with an arrow, tried to blow up someone, accidentally blew up their wife, killed my brother, and then admitted to shooting two people in the head on the beach for absolutely no reason. Yeah, so he was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. At the hearing, Lindsay's mother brought the wedding dress that she was supposed to wear but would not because she was killed one month before her wedding. She showed the dress to Gallen in court. She said they had a future. They had a future in ministry. They had a future in their marriage. They had a future with us, my grandchildren, all while fighting back tears. The emptiness of this dress is what I wanted to show. The family had always assumed that the couple had been shot in their sleep, and they learned at sentencing, though, that Lindsay had woken up and sat up before being shot. 
He did not, however, give a reason for murdering the couple. His attorney said that he has mental health issues and in 2001 took a large dose of LSD and has never been the same. Maybe don't take LSD. Mm, just don't take large doses of LSD. And Lindsay's mom reminded Gallen to read his Bible. Okay, so for a minute, we want to talk about Gallen's Facebook. This thing is crazy, though. You should definitely go. I recommend going to take a look at his Facebook because hours of entertainment, you guys. Well, I actually went through his entire Facebook and I was not very entertained. But in 2016, he started a GoFundMe saying, invest in my flying saucer. Help me help mankind. Another thing he posted was how to find out what your witch name is, which there's directions to follow on there. It's based on the first and last letters of your name. My witch name is Divine Seeker, and your witch name is Divine Magnetism. So congratulations on that. When I become a witch, I will be Divine Magnetism. Perfect. He's also wearing a gas mask in some pictures and sporting his homemade weapons. He also posts a little thing about how he loves the song Earth Angel, which I made Madison listen to yesterday. Mm-hmm. Earth Angel, Earth Angel. He wrote in captions, I love this song. And did you know that you can make fire with a lemon? Because he posted directions on that as well. Now here is where it gets weird. On March 24, which is the day that he killed his little brother. That he murders his little brother. He posted 11 very strange posts. On the Facebook. first one. Yep. And these are update statuses. So he's writing these on his Facebook. Number one. Writes sex with me. Number two, writes sex with your places. Number three, likes sex for free. Number four, say write sex with your places. Writes sex with me. In parentheses. Number five, likes sex for free. Number six, writes sex with your places. A different writes. Number seven, writes sex with me. Number eight, likes sex for free. Number nine, write sex with your mother. Number 10, likes sex for the body. Number 11, say mega mother dirthurt. So, which before this, you guys, he's mostly posting news stories. He's very into the war in Syria, nuke explosions in Ukraine, UFO posts, things like that. There's one video that he's posted on there, which is someone playing the guitar, but the camera's like facing the ceiling, but I'm assuming it's him. So maybe he played the guitar as well. But we're not quite sure what these posts even mean. Yeah. So places is kind of the weirdest one to me. I'm not sure what places mean. The only place I could find it was as a fishing term or possibly in some sort of sexual reference. We're not sure. Let us know if you know anything more about what places means. Because it's used in places calling people plushes and places. Which that's the one that I'm assuming is a sexual term. And then the other place that we see it everywhere is a fishing term. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what he's referencing to. One of two things might be happening here. One, he's off his rocker and has lost his bloody mind. Or two, somebody... His brother. Maybe his brother hacked into his Facebook and wrote a bunch of posts on there, which may have pissed him off. Maybe enough to shoot his brother in the head. And that's kind of the theory that I'm leaning on. I think it's very coincidental. Well, I mean, these could be ravings of a crazy person. We really don't know but for sure. But he also did try to blow up someone for a bar scuffle that happened. Right, so, a, a complete stranger. So imagine he has this already struggling relationship with his brother and then his brother does something like that which might push him over the edge. They just kind of sound like nonsense. But Let us know if you can come up with something better than we can with these, because I don't know, man. So the family has said that they have relied heavily on their faith throughout this entire tragedy, but they are very glad that their children's killer has been caught. According to an article in the Sonoma magazine, the family talked about their grief and their healing. Both mothers say that they were unable to enter their children's rooms for several years after their deaths. For nearly three years, Chris Ketchell, so Lindsay's dad, would periodically find himself flat on the floor sobbing. Bob Allen, so Jason's dad, would think of hunting with his son 
and the loss would hit him in the gut. Jason was an excellent shot, he would say with pride. For all the prayers, for all the faith, the pain still arrives. Mother's Day, birthdays, holidays, on any day really. Bob said, we don't hold any anger or bitterness to this person. We know this person is a lost soul. Jason and Lindsay were cremated and buried together in the same casket. So that is the story of the Jenner Beach murders. So let us know what you guys think. I do think that there's a huge sense of relief from the community, from everyone that this murder has finally been solved. After so much time. It was a long, long time coming. So... Let us know your theories and come on over and check us out on our Patreon for our Bunker Talk on this episode. Yeah, check us out on Instagram, follow the Twitter if you want to see me run a social <laughs> media account. Oh, and we have a new Patreon. Oh, yay. Oh, we have two new ones. Oh, awesome. Thank awesome. You so we have Janet Tanner. Thanks, Janet, and welcome. And then we also have Michael Hansen. Hi, Michael. Michael Hansen? Yeah. That's what it says. Where? Right there. Michael Hansen. The top oh, of it says Ann Hansen. Sorry. I was like, I'm looking at the name at the top and it says Ann Hansen. She's saying Michael Hansen. And I'm like, what the actual hell are you talking okay, about? Okay, so it's Anna Hansen. But the address is under Michael. So it confused me for a second. But hi, Anna. Thank you so much and welcome. Oh, and thank you for being so patient, you guys, and not yelling at us for having no episode last week. We took our one week off to catch up. So, yeah, come check out our Patreon. Come check out our Bunker Talks. Come check out our extra episodes and our Hiking with Hannah's. We have all sorts of fun stuff on our Patreon. Please go check out our Patreon. Please. Please, 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 (laughs) please, please help us out. Please help Marie out, especially. She does everything. She edits this. She probably spends over 10 plus hours a day doing this podcast. <laughs> not quite, not quite, but it's a lot. I do spend a lot of time. You were time. up at 4 a.m. the other day. I was up at 4 a.m. the other day. So, yeah, come and check it out. We really appreciate you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, let us know what you think of our new mic setup. Hopefully, it nothing sounds was better. Yeah, hopefully nothing was wonky in this. We're still figuring it out. So yeah, let yeah. us know if it sounds better. Let us know what you guys want to hear on yeah. Patreon. Let us know. But we have recommendations. We have our video going out. Our video go out today, which will be last week for you guys or for our Patreons. But we'll post our video of us setting up our mic equipment and the cat losing her mind. Over Mainly her the collar. cat losing her mind. <laughs> Mainly, there most of the video, honestly, of us sitting at the mic actually involves the cat more than the mic. True story. So True there story. is that. But yeah, thanks, guys, and we really appreciate you. All right, bye. <sighs> oh, jeez, <laughs> she's so loud. <laughs> Oh, do not go to Grandma's lap. You're staying with me. So Maddie really dare. wants the cat to record with us like all the time. So she'll bring the cat in here. And then within like five minutes, the cat is climbing on the walls, climbing on her, trying to get on my lap. And she's like threatening her right now. Don't you dare. If you're part of our Patreon, you will also see the video that we will post. And there's a <laughs> lot of clips of Delilah because we were trying to set up the microphone. And I brought the cat in here thinking it would be a good idea. Wait, you guys, it's so much worse than that. So... <laughs> We came in here today with our coffee and our breakfast sandwiches to set up the new microphone. I tried to make Maddie do it first, and that... I was too slow, so I got She's like, I thought you were going to make me do it, and I'm like, you're moving like a snail, like... I also got distracted by the cat, so I did, like, (laughs) step away from setting it up to go play with my cat. So it literally, it took me about five minutes to set up the entire microphone where it would have been about 25 or 30 if Maddie had done it. On another note, though, my cat is suicidal because she decided she wanted up on one of the high shelves on in the bunker because there's like built in shelves. We also posted a video of our bunker a little bit, too. So, yes. And then she tried to jump off of it 
like tried to jump from the tried to move shelf to shelf, but it didn't work. And she fell and she was going to hit her face, but like I caught her by the hips. And maybe it's a kitten thing because I remember my cats when I was little never really getting themselves into situations that they couldn't get out of. But I feel like Delilah, she actually got her head stuck under my dresser today. <laughs> of course she did. She weaseled it in there. And then, and then she was like yanking, trying to pull it back out. And she was starting to do that like like panic meow and her butt was like she wiggling all over the place and phoenix was like mom is she trying to get something and i was like no she's stuck so i'm like trying to get her unstuck without getting clawed oh my god i can't or um yesterday i had my friend over here and she goes phoenix i think there's a cat underneath your bed because we were in her room and we watched the cat go under her bed she takes this bamboo stick that she got from the yard <laughs> jams it under her bed hits Delilah she goes running out and then Phoenix goes not anymore <laughs> I'm like Phoenix okay to be fair Phoenix is terrified of having her ankles attacked by the cat she will hide and lay in wait and then when Phoenix walks by like her bed all of a sudden the cat will just come char it's like a it's like out of my fucking nightmares the cat will just come charging out and like latch onto her feet by the yeah. way when I was young I used to hide under my sister's bed <laughs> and I was patient and I would wait for her to turn her light off. And then she always would run to her bed like something was going to get her because it was because <laughs> it I was you. under her bed. But I definitely scared the bejesus out of my sisters on more than one occasion. Like for she, sure. Watch, watch your tail. Watch your tail. Watch. What? You're really not going to do it once I say something <laughs> about it. There. Yeah. She does like a little, a little like, wiggle. So if anybody doesn't know, Delilah has a nub tail. So it's like a kinky tail. Her tail kinks in like four different directions. So it really just looks like a really short like bobcat tail. Yeah, because it's all at her. The kinking is only at the end of her tail. So it, her, the hair is like fluffier there. Yeah, it it's really cute. It's really weird. It's kind of gross when you touch it, though. It does kind of gross me out a little bit. Because you can feel the bone. It's kinked in It's not directions. her fault, Maddie. It's not. It just looks like someone slammed her tail in a door like six <laughs> times. Okay. Hold on. I don't know. It's bad for you. I know that my hair is very healthy. It grows really fast. It always looks clean. It always looks healthy. Because you shower every day. Not all of us have that capacity. That mental capacity. Literally everybody day. has that capacity to shower every day. No. <laughs> I have things to do. I don't need to shower every day. And also my showers are like... Are you implying that you have more it, things to do in a day than I do? Well, my showers are like an hour and 45 okay. minutes long. I don't have time to do that every day. I can never let Maddie shower before me because... Nobody can ever let me shower There's no hot them. water left. I'm like, do you just sit in there until your hot water's gone? And sometimes I hear her answer the phone in the shower. And I'm well, like, if Skylar, what are you doing? If Skylar or Brina calls me or I'm Emma, like, I will answer. I'm like, stop FaceTiming people in the shower. If I get a call, I'll answer it. Jesus. Anyway. But... By the way, Maddie and I both are a little bit congested today. So if we sound a little rough... Ew, stop. Don't do that in the microphone. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a cold. I, I, it's either a cold or allergies. We both have really, really bad allergies. And I, I take, do have bad allergies during this time of year, too. Yeah, and she, uh, I've, there's multiple people right now that have a little bit of congestion, and I think it might be allergies. allergies either way, it's allergies or a cold. We don't have corona or anything. Relax. Not like you're going to be around us anyway. But... I do take Zyrtec because of the cat, because we found out I'm allergic to the cat. But we found out we were allergic. <laughs> we knew you were allergic to the cat before we, we got had the very cat. strong suspicions. But the thing is, is that she wasn't even the parent I had to convince to let me get the cat. It wasn't even her. And there and was one. There was one condition to Madison getting a cat. What was the one condition, Madison? Actually, there were a couple conditions. Oh, there were two conditions. I have to keep my spaces clean. And I have to clean up after the cat, and I have to pay for everything to do with the cat. Right. And Which how is, many of how many of those conditions have you followed through on, Maddie? I have paid for the cat for everything, that's, except for the mat one. that you bought for the underneath the litter box. Mm -hmm, right. I've bought her food twice too, but that's fine. But you bought her food twice? Yeah. When? Yeah. Oh yeah, you bought the yeah. No, <laughs> okay. Anyway. anyway, I wasn't even gonna. Delilah? No. <laughs> Delilah's playing with the little thing on the bottom of my microphone. Just every once in a while, I think she just has like an urge to just like 
She's basically Maddie in cat form. But, oh, speaking no, of... No, you do not look like your cat. But... I need to say it, though. It's a... But I wasn't even going to call Maddie out on that. I was only going to call her out on her spaces not being clean. I suck at keeping my bathroom clean. There's motion on our front door. Look at it. Look at it. Who is it? What is it? What is it? Who's on the front What is it? You guys, we got the... Uh, we got a ring. We got a ring camera on our front porch now. It's like sucking my life away. <laughs> Why is it working? Why can't you view it? I Mom, don't know. Somebody's going to come get that. Somebody disconnected it, I bet. And we're about to be murdered. Don't worry, guys. It's fine. Oh. A truck drove by. See, and this is why it's going to suck my life away because... You can... I think you can move the... How far away the motion is. Yeah. I would just move it to the stairs. Because then imagine my car pulling up into the drive. Me pulling up is going to set it off every time. Every time. It's not that annoying, but still. Oh my gosh, we have a follower on Twitter. Someone started <laughs> following us on Twitter. We don't even use the Twitter. I'm supposed so to post things on the Twitter and I never up, have. We set up Twitter and I put Maddie in charge of it because I can't handle any more social media platforms. And we just got our first follower and Maddie's literally not I've anything never posted anything on Twitter. <laughs> I have done nothing on Twitter. I haven't even logged into the Twitter before. So it's just Mike Allen is our one and only Twitter follower. <laughs> I'll hey, go Mike. post some <laughs> stuff on Twitter for you, Mike. Thanks for following us, Mike. <laughs> well, anyway. I guess now I have to log into the lost and win the lost in the we just literally made the Twitter so we could have the Twitter if we wanted it. Oh, Lost in the Woods podcast at Marie and Maddie. So our handle is Marie and Maddie. Okay. And it's Lost in the Woods podcast. Gotcha. But I have posted nothing on there. Yeah, at all. so <laughs> Go follow us on Twitter to see no, no posts at all. If we get five followers on Twitter, I will start posting on Twitter. If we if there's like five to ten followers on Twitter, I will start posting things on Twitter. Okay, you guys, you heard that. You're going to have to harass her probably, though. So No, all it's going to take is more than five followers. If I have more than five, if we have more than five followers on Twitter, I will start posting on Twitter. Okay. And it will be mainly cat things, guaranteed. Great. So you have to do some crime stuff too. Maddie. I'll do some crime stuff, but if I'm okay. if I'm doing the social media and I will be doing Twitter, there will be cat things on there. Naturally. Our Twitter might just turn into Delilah's Twitter. It's gonna be Delilah's Twitter. <laughs> okay. Get ready. So if you want to see anything that I'm gonna post on social media without my mom's permission, <laughs> go follow us on Twitter so I can start posting it's things. It's going on to be terrifying. It literally will be me running it because. In case you're wondering, Marie runs the Instagram mainly, which is why it's so organized and, and looks so nice. I, I do a better job on Instagram than I do on Facebook. I'm sorry, you guys. It's hard because I post on Instagram, which also posts it on Facebook. But it doesn't look as good on Facebook. But it doesn't look as good on Facebook, but I don't I don't want to do two separate posts every week. So sorry for our Facebookers if it doesn't look as good or it doesn't make sense sometimes. I don't even know. This is not Criminal Minds. I just finished Mindhunters. Oh, I finished it a few days ago. You know what I just watched that I really liked that you guys recommended or that somebody recommended? The Queen's Gamut. I told you that was I good. I know it was so good. Highly recommend it. Everybody, my my mom doubted me. Skylar doubted me. My friends all doubted me. Everybody doubted me when I said the show was good because I binged watched it. The whole thing it was it, when really, it came out on Netflix. It was really good. I like highly recommend watching it. It is not what you would expect it to be. It is so good. Please go watch it. It's on Netflix. There's seven like episodes. I last time we were like, go watch Die Hard. Now we're like, go watch it. Like, we're like just recommending. This is the movie and TV show recommendation I can podcast. give you a <laughs> lot of movie and TV recommendations in case you're curious. I wouldn't trust most of them. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> How disrespectful. Shh. The disrespect Shh. I'm feeling right now. She's hitting me. She Someone calls child she services. Won't shut up. You're not a child anymore. It's just a DV assault. It's not a funny joke anymore. DV Every time she used to hit me, I used to be like, "Someone called child services," but now it doesn't work anymore because I'm an adult. Also, with sharks, I did. It wasn't the Fisherman's Wharf, but it was like a big dock in Marysville. I want to say was the first time I ever pet a shark. Oh yeah. Someone had caught a little mm -hmm. shark and I cried about it. I pet it. I did pet the dead shark, but I did cry about it when we left the dock because I felt bad because the guy killed the shark. Yeah. And I felt really bad about it. And little seven year old me cried about it. 
I don't cry very much. <laughs> I cried a lot when I was little. When I was little, I cried enough to fill okay. to fill everything. Go. He was wanted in connection to a similar murder since 1979. Seems. What? Murder scene in 1979. Not since. Similar murder scene. Not similar murder sense. Well, my question is, is that my sentence still makes sense? No, it doesn't. He a was wanted in connection sense? to a similar murder since 1979. Oh, I guess technically it does. But no, say it properly, please. <sighs> read the script. Improvise. Read the script. Improvise. Read the script. <laughs> If you can't find the right balance on your own, I will continue to nag you. I just found a good balance. And my sentence you use, worked. And if you use your fingers to talk my voice and your voice up against the microphone again, I'm probably going to smack you in the back of the head. Although oh, yeah. Was, by the way, I was using my hands as little puppets, like yelling at each other why I did that. But, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I just did lunch. Can I please make popcorn with Lulu? So, because I just ate lunch. Aren't you not hungry, though, because you just ate lunch? Yeah. So, why but do you... But I'm hungry for popcorn. Oh, is that how it works? You're not hungry, yeah. but you can always eat popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> what kind are you going to make, regular or kettle corn? I don't know. Probably regular. No, I want regular, not kettle corn. You can have kettle corn, I can have buttercorn. Okay, we are, we, buttercorn. We are not making two types of popcorn, but listen. Yeah. Yes, you guys can make popcorn. Yay! Enjoy. Yay! Yay! Okay, get out. Um, some random person? She looked like she threw something on our porch. I want to watch it. So... Motion was detected, which this is the sound we just heard, is a lady that has some kind of round object, looked like maybe a newspaper. Maybe it's a bomb. She is struggling to get up our stairs. To walk up our stairs. She oh. walks halfway up the stairs. And then throws it. Throws it. She does not look like a delivery person. She did not take a picture of the package. Okay. So... It was a package. It was our razors from Harry's. But my paranoia is at like an all-time happiness right now because when I hear a noise or hear somebody on the front steps, I can pull up my phone and see who's at our front porch. I was really surprised to see the ring camera. I came home after like two days of not being here and there was just a ring. I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. It's probably not good for my mental stability, but whatever. It's fine.